And now, story time with Mr. Black. Welcome to Live in Life Like It Matters. Today, I want you to consider who's watching you. You know, lately I've been on an existential kick. You know, why we're here and who we are and what we're called to do and how we know if we've had a good day, a bad day, a good month, a bad month, a good year, a bad year, really comes down to those existential questions. Why are you doing what you're doing? Who's watching you? See, one thing I teach leaders all over the world is that people are always watching. Just accept it. Parents, live your life knowing that your children are always watching. Leaders, live your life knowing that other people are watching and they're using you as a reason to do something or as a reason not to do something. I used to believe that people were looking for a reason to believe, but now I realize they're looking for a reason not to believe. Are you giving them one? Or are you giving them reason to question their disbelief? I remember hearing a story about a, a father and a son. It's very important to me as, as a single dad for a good decade. And my kids, the role of my, my role as a dad to my kids was very important. And so the story really touched me. It was about a father and a son. It was a, about a teenager who lived alone with his father. You know, the two of them had a very close, special relationship. Uh, the father believed in encouragement. And so even though the son was always on the bench, he wasn't that physically gifted. His father was always in the stands cheering him on. He, he never missed a game. He always wanted his son to know that he supported him and to work hard and give it his all. That's all he could do. So this young man was the smallest of the class. Again, I know his pain. I know his pain. Didn't get a lot of great genetic help, if you will, right? So he's the smallest in his class when he actually entered high school. However, his father continued to encourage him to play sports, but also made it very clear to him that he did not have to play sports, and specifically football, because he was not that big. But if he wanted to, great. And if he was going to do it, give it his all. But if he didn't want to do it, that's understandable as well. But the young man loved football and decided to hang in there. He was determined to, to give it his best. And every single practice, he was taught by his dad to give it heart, body, and soul. That's the definition 100%. Because if I take away your heart, I take away your body, and I take away your soul, what's left? Nothing. That's why it's 100%. So every practice, he would, he would leave it on the field. Uh, he would pour himself out. And maybe he figured if I worked hard enough, maybe at some point, uh, he, I'd get to play, you know, as I got older, maybe a junior, maybe a senior. So all through high school, he never missed a practice or a game, but remained a bench warmer all four years. His father was faithful, was always in the stands, always with words of encouragement, and always challenging him, no matter what the coach does or doesn't do, no matter what the other team does or doesn't do, no matter what the score was, to give it your all, heart, body, and soul, because at the end of the day, if you stand before me or stand before God, you can say, I gave it all. I gave myself to a worthy cause. So he believed that. He lived that. So uh, the young man graduated high school, never playing a play in high school football. Four years. And he worked his butt off every single practice. Did everything just the same as every other person who played every single game and every single play. But so now he goes on to college, and he decided, you know what, he's going to go ahead and give it a shot. See if he can get a walk-on. See if he can get picked as a walk-on. So everyone was sure he would never make the cut. Smaller, a little slower. I mean, he just didn't have the, the, the stock, the breed, if you will. 
but the, his 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 uh, university coach uh, was impressed with him. Now the coach did admit that he kept him on the ro- kept him on the roster because he always put his heart and soul into every practice, and at the same time provided uh, the other members with spirit, a hustle they badly needed. So that's why he survived the cut, not because of his playing ability, but more of his attitude, more of his leadership, more of what he brought to the team and the fact that he made the team that he was selected as a walk-on thrilled him so much he he rushed to the phone the first person i tell was his father so his father shared his excitement and was set season tickets for all the college games i mean this was this was exciting and this persistent young athlete never missed practice during his four years at college but again just like high school he never played in a game but every practice he gave all he had. Every time there was a chance for a parent to be at a practice or a game or a scrimmage, his dad was there. Now, it was coming to the end of his senior year, four years in college. It was the end of his senior football season. As he trotted onto the practice field shortly before the big playoff game, the coach met him with the telegram. The young man read the telegram and became deathly silent. He swallowed hard. He mumbled a few words to the coach, and with tears coming out of his eyes, he said, my father died this morning. Is it all right if I miss practice today? The coach put his arm gently around his shoulder and said, take the rest of the week off, son, and don't even plan to come back to the game on Saturday. Saturday arrived, and the game was not going well. In the third quarter, when the team was 10 points behind, a silent young man quietly slipped into the empty locker room and put on his football gear. As he ran onto the sidelines, the coach, the players, were astounded to see their faithful team member back so soon. He just lost the most important man in his life, most important person, his only parental leader. And so he's there at the game. Coach, please, let me play. I have to. I've got to play today. He just cried out to coach. Please, coach. Put me in. I've got to play today, coach. The coach blew him off. Pretended not to hear him. There's no way he wanted his worst player in this close playoff game. But the young man persisted. And finally, feeling sorry for the young man, the coach gave in. All right, he said. You can go in. Before long, the coach, the players, and everyone in the stands could not believe their eyes. This little unknown, who had never played a down in a real game in eight years, was doing everything right. The opposing team could not stop him. He ran. He passed, he blocked, he tackled. He was like the MVP. He was a star. His team turned it around. They began to triumph. The score was soon tied. In the closing seconds of the game, this young man intercepted a pass and ran all the way for the winning touchdown. The fans broke loose. His teammates hoisted him onto their shoulders, cheering. You've never heard. Tears flowing. Finally, after the stands had emptied, the team had showered hours later, and everybody left, left the locker room. The coach noticed the young man was sitting quietly in the corner, 
all alone. The coach came to him and said, young man, I can't believe it. You were incredible. You were fantastic. Everything you've learned, everything I've taught you, beyond what I could say. I mean, what got into you? How did you do that? The young man looked at the coach with tears in his eyes. He said, well, you knew my dad died. But did you know my dad was blind? The young man swallowed hard and forced a smile. Dad came to all my games and was never allowed to see a single play, a single scrimmage, never see me in uniform, never see me walk onto the field or not walk onto the field. Dad came to all my games, but today was the first time he could see me play. And I wanted to show him I could do it. See, ladies and gentlemen, we're all playing for something. We're all playing for somebody. For those that know me, I'm a child of God. My love and relationship with God is the most important thing. And so I'm playing so I can hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. I know what I want to hear when I stand before God. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die one time, and then comes the judgment. Two greatest commands in the Bible are to remember and do not fear. Remember who we are. Remember God's promises. Remember we're here to make a difference. Remember we matter. And then do not fear. 1,400 diseases, symptoms, problems are associated with fear alone. The second greatest commandment in the Bible is do not fear. God knows. Our creator knows how fear affects us. So we got to realize and remember a couple things. Remember, every accomplishment starts with a decision to take action. Remember, most of the important things in the world have been accomplished by people who have kept on going, even where there seemed to be no hope at all. And we got to remember, courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes courage is a quiet voice at the end of the day saying, I will give it again more tomorrow. And we must remember that by definition, without fear, there can be no courage. What do you want? What do you want so badly that you will do whatever it takes to get it? What do you want so badly that you're willing to move beyond the unjust and the unfairness of this world? What do you want so bad that you want to be comfortable for two days? What do you want so bad that you're willing to risk looking like a fool? What do you want so bad that when it all comes to the end, you can feel the words of our Savior? Well done, my good and faithful servant. That's why not only do you need to know your existential questions of who you are and why you're here, you also need to define success. What does it look like? What does it sound like? And what does it feel like to you? Because at the end of the life, that's all that matters. What did you do with your time? What did you do with your gifts and talents? What did you do with your trauma and drama? Because Ralph Waldo Emerson put it best. He said, success to laugh often and love much, to win the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children, to earn the appreciation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends, to appreciate beauty, to find the best in others, 
to leave the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or redeemed social condition. To know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. This is to truly have succeeded with passion, heart, body, and soul. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.